All right, we're back with our podcast. This is the Malapert Smart Wrestling Podcast. Uh, I got my co-host today is Vlad uh, wearing his Jim Cornette T-shirt. But listen, Hello. yeah, it's only Vlad today. We have another friend, Robert, who some, sometimes comes on our show, but he's uh, busy. He's got work in the morning. He's got to wake up. But listen, since uh, you've been my esteemed colleague and a, a member of my my panel and my expert, mm-hmm. my wrestling expert. Uh, before we get into uh, the week in wrestling that we're going to review, well, how about we uh, we get into just a quick quick uh, story about how you got into wrestling? I know I've I've heard this story, but I like this story, so <laughs> I'd hear it again. Uh, talk about like your first memories, your first experiences. What exactly was the first time you watched wrestling, and how'd you get into it? Wow, it's surprising. I wasn't prepared for this. I didn't want you to be prepared for it. I wanted I wanted it to come out kind of naturally. Take your time, you know, if you need the time to pause and think about it, that's good because all of our pauses get cut out of the final edit. So it's always better if you want to just sit and think, and it's not it's not dead air. It's not silence. So. I got you. From what I remember, I don't know. Did I share a story with you about how I started watching wrestling? I don't remember that story. I remember it. I'll listen to it again, and I'll tell you if it's how I remember it. From what I remember, I started watching wrestling in the 90s, early 90s. Uh, as a kid, just like being on TV, I noticed like the Saturday night shows, like the Saturday morning shows that they would used to show up all the time. Saturday morning was what? Yeah, that was WWF. What Jimmy the heck wrestling. were they doing on Saturday morning? They were doing like a, their B show or something like that? No, well, probably. This was before Raw, probably even, because Raw debuted in 93. But so I you were four that. years old, because you were born in 89, right? So you were four yeah. years old watching but WWF. I must have been, like, even younger, because I just remember, like, them showing, like, all these video packages and, like, backstage stuff. And, I mean, I didn't understand a lot of it, what was going on, but when they showed the matches, I was, like, interested in. My dad was not really a big fan, though. He just thought it was, like, fake stuff, and he didn't get it. But I I. I don't know, just oh, as a kid, I just kind of liked it. And then as I, I was only a WWE, WWF, whatever guy, but then like maybe around 94, 95, I discovered WCW as well. So like I only watched WWF at that time, but then like around 95, I saw like a Saturday night, you know, TBS Saturday night show, the famous 305 TBS show. Uh, well, I guess 605 in the East Coast, but you know what I mean. Oh, so that's where that comes from. Why did it start at 3.05? What was that all about, you know? <laughs> something to do with, I don't even know, but that's, yes, that's, I think that's where it comes from. I could be wrong. I don't really know, but that's, I think that's where the 6.05 comes from. But yes, that's how I just, I, I saw a four horsemen match or Arn Anderson and Ric Flair teaming up with somebody, against somebody, which I can't remember. I was like, wow, this is kind of good. You know, like, why don't I just watch another company? You know, as well, so, I knew that it was separate. Like, I knew this was not related to WWF, even as, like, in 95, when I was just, like, 8 or whatever. I knew that these two things were not this, like, these were not the same company. You could see the wrestling styles were totally different. So, you went through a few years where you thought WWF was the only wrestling around. You just didn't... I didn't know anything else but WWF. That was the only thing that was uh, I knew about. I You just didn't, just didn't bump into it. You were just flipping channels one day, and you were like, what the hell, here's some other wrestling. <laughs> I must have somehow just been flipping channels yeah and there it is there was wcw saturday night i don't know what it attracted me to but well the theme for saturday night wcw was amazing oh i have no clue what it is that's one i'll of the look great. it up after the show it was so good but 
I think that's what attracted me to it. But then, like I said, also just seeing, I, I think I knew who Ric Flair was for some reason, though. Maybe I saw him as even as a kid, maybe in, in, in WWF when he was there for briefly. Uh, but when did you really, really get into it? Like you've been But when I really got into it was 96, 97, 98, like when it really became more mainstream and really good, you know, right? The beginning of the Attitude Era with the NWO stuff, you know, basically when both companies were hot or about to get hot or my favorite wrestling year of all time is 1997. I think I've told you that story maybe before I quoted, I told you that year before. 1997 was just a great year for wrestling for both of the major companies. I didn't really watch a lot of ECW, so I, but I think people would say that it's probably pretty good there too. But just as in general, those, the two main companies just, going just being at an elite level of wrestling i would say you know you got a little bit of everything you know so, so you were time. you got into it right before like the nwo yeah yeah i was watching even prior to that i was watching um 95 96 you know when things were kind of a not in a great place i would say you know if you're looking back on it you know but we didn't know what it meant when it was introduced, but man, that changed wrestling history for sure. That because both companies were just kind of doing kind of lame things. Looking back on it, Hogan was in WCW at that point, but nobody was really ridiculous. The Dungeon of Doom stuff, nothing really exciting was going. But on. WWF was kind of good though. I mean, they had that whole thing with Brett and Stone Cold and the Undertaker, right, mankind. Yeah, yeah, they did, but that was already when it became good, like mid '96. But when I was watching 95 or 94 or whatever, they hadn't reached that point yet. Yes, they still had a lot of good wrestlers, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, you know, they had a lot of interesting characters. They were more known to me at that time, but guys that I kind of knew, but I just I knew who Hulk Hogan was and I knew who Randy Savage was and I knew Ric Flair. So that right away, I was made me interested in WCW as well. But that, yeah, that basically my, I don't know if this follows the story that I told you because I can't even remember the story I told you, but that the Saturday morning show that you bumped into, yes, I, I remember you telling me that. I, I kind of figured that it would be later, though. Didn't think you started so early. You were just watching it, like, just kind of casually. You weren't really, like, were you following well, the storylines? I, I think I, I quickly did. I knew the horsemen were the heels. I could see that easily because they were cheating. They cheat every time they, you know, to win a match. So I got that. I mean, that was the big thing, I think, at the time. Like, the horsemen and then, like, Hogan would come on. And, you know, he was battling with the Dungeon of Doom in, in 95 and then into, 90, into early 96. Yeah, I, mean, I guess. All right. Well, mine was in 97. So I was nine years old. I was not watching before that. I had no clue what was going on. When, when I started watching, the NWO was already full tilt, kicking everyone's I mean, ass. I mean, if your first year of wrestling was 1997, you came in at an amazing Yeah. <laughs> That, like, I literally didn't see how Hogan turned heel or the NWO formed. I, oh, when I started, they were already just beating people at the end of the show. Every show was ending with them spray-painting somebody and just laughing at them. <laughs> and that was oh, the first... <laughs> when Hogan turned heel, that's a story in itself. That could be a, just our podcast just of Hogan when Hogan turned heel and how good that whole thing was. But, yeah, a story for another time, maybe. But, yeah, these these were the first guys I remember. Scott Hall... Kevin Nash, DDP, and then Sting had that whole thing where he was uh, fighting the NWO from the rafters. And, and you were watching both shows, right? You were you were watching WWF and WCW. Or- I, I was watching both shows in '97, but and then in '98, I took a side. I don't know why, but I chose WCW because I I felt like WCW was better, and I I I stuck with them till the 
the ship sank. I was a little kid, you know. But honestly, I also no, had. I think you must have still been watching WWF too, because I remember you sending me in '98. Because I remember you sending me like, you had like a recorded the Tyson and Austin thing, which was a big thing. I remember that being a huge deal. I mean, that pretty much I think won the war, basically for WWF when they brought in Tyson. I remember you even even you were interested because I think everybody was interested in Tyson at the time, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, of right. course. At that point. Tyson was very important. That that Tyson segment, everyone loved it because my my dad, my parents, and my brother were big Sorry, Tyson I have to fans. Charge my iPad. Give me a second. That's cool. Go ahead. Oh, nice TV. Trying to see where I could put this now while it's charging. Maybe this way. As long as you can see me, I guess that's all that matters. I can see you, Vlad. You look good. But uh, the Tyson segment, yeah, that was the point where I was still watching WWF. But the thing I didn't like was. Okay, I think it was more 99 when I 99. chose this because Triple H was just on for every single show, yeah, talking so much, cool. o- opening. Yeah, okay. That's the start of the era of just long, long promos and people just. Yeah. Point, the point of him was just to annoy people. He would come yeah. out and talk so much that everyone would just hate him because he talked for 20 minutes and bored everybody. And then The yeah. Rock, I just didn't get The Rock, man. And I still don't understand The Rock. I don't get why people... I've seen every WWF show, like, retrospectively, since I... You really I, don't understand why... The- I've seen every freaking Rock promo. I'm, I'm like an authority on The Rock. And honestly, it was just repetitive. Every promo was pretty much exactly the same. There were a few segments that were, you know, interesting and unique, like, you know, This Is Your Life and, you know, Pie and all that. But... Most of it was just the same thing, and I didn't like him. I just didn't like him. I, so I didn't watch WWF. I didn't think it was that special. But, yeah, that was kind of the time where they took off and WW, yeah. WCW just started sucking. So I chose the wrong side. I stuck yeah. with WCW. But I went back later on, and I caught a hold of all those tapes and kind of watched them as an adult. And I don't know. I, I didn't think it was that great. I think the war was won with Stone Cold and Vince. And after yeah. that, WCW sure. just fell apart. They could have done almost anything and pretty much won. Yeah, I think point. once Stone Cold became the champion and after WrestleMania in 98, it was pretty much over. Like, they had won because he was beyond popular at that point. Like, his popularity is one of the most popular wrestlers of all time. I mean, the crowd reactions that he got were insane. All right. Well, that was a fun little trip down... Yeah memory lane at least it's get to get to know us a little better if anyone's actually listening to this freaking podcast i mean there are some numbers that say some people actually bump into it so there's vlad he's my co-host he's my been my friend since we were kids we would talk about this stuff uh, a lot ever since we were we were kids and then there were periods where we stopped watching wrestling we went to college you know we were just doing other stuff and then we got back into it Mm-hmm. With uh, Hogan going to TNA, that seemed interesting. And then we stuck with that for a couple years, and then it kind of fell apart there, too. Right. And then kind of fell out of wrestling again for a few years. And then AEW got us back in because yes. we were just not going to watch WWE all by itself. Like, with no competition, they just don't really even try. They just send people out for long promos, and you know, they don't really give the fans what they want. They have it too good, really. I think they don't have to give the fans what they want. People will come regardless. So let's uh, move along with our show. Uh, let's go through the week. This is what we usually do. We go through uh, 
the past week of everything that we haven't talked about since our last show. In our last show, we talked about Dynamite from last week. So WWE had Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Yeah. And let's talk about the men's ladder match, which Damian Priest won, which was me and you and Robert's prediction. Kind of predictable. Yeah. Kind of a good choice. It's not, not bad. He's got that thing with Finn Balor and Judgment Day where they're kind of, it's a little bit of a power struggle. They both want to be champions. But the real, the real story at the Money in the Bank was L.A. Knight because he, he keeps getting these ridiculous, huge, huge pops. And yeah. people want to, they want to push him over so bad. But I have a question for you, Vlad, and this is a tough Anyways. question for you, Vlad, and this is a tough question if you need a second to take a second to think about it. But we're at the point where we have to ask ourselves, well, not we, but WWE, the brass, they have to look into this seriously. Does LA Knight have potential to be a megastar, a megastar, a main eventer at WrestleMania? Um, yeah, I mean, I think he does, based on what I see. He's very, he's charismatic. He's good on the mic. He's a good worker. So checkboxes, he fills all the checkboxes. Now, some are saying, oh, well, he's older or what, whatever have you. But so what? You know, so what that he's a little bit older? He's not even that old. I mean, in wrestling terms, he still he looks great. He's in great physical shape. He, he cuts great promos. And, and the most important thing, the crowd goes crazy when he's on, you know, when he's on, you know, when he's in the ring, when he comes on, when his music plays. They go crazy for his catchphrases, you know, that, yeah. Well, I can't even do the yeah correctly, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I love his theme song, dude. His theme song is so cool. I just, I was, I'd be listening to that in the car. <laughs> you know. Well, okay. People, well, the, the reason I asked well, it yeah, like that. I say yes, he could be because why not? You know, just go with. As if somebody's hot, you should take advantage of it, especially if a guy can work and he's reliable. And this guy seems like he's reliable, and he'd be a good spokesman for their company. Like if they ever wanted to push him to the moon. But it doesn't seem like they actually do, but I'm saying they should, based on the reaction that he's getting. That's You're saying they should always push the guy that the fans are well, going crazy for. Well, to an extent, for. yes, they should. I mean, especially if they're reliable, they can work, they can talk, they're not crazy, they're not insane. You know, they're guys that they push that are, you know, in the past, let's say in wrestling history, that are unpredictable, they're not reliable, they're drugged up, they're roided up, they're... On whatever, this guy, I don't think this guy has that problem. I mean, I don't think anybody wrestling currently has that problem. So I think, yeah, why not? You know, why not? Why not push him? I, I, I don't see any reason why, why you shouldn't. I mean, maybe not right away to the championship, you know, but maybe eventually. At least, yeah. at least, can he at least take Seth Rollins' title? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say at least the Intercontinental title or something oh, well, like that. Okay, start with the Intercontinental. But I'm just saying, like, couldn't the goal for now be to at least be the Raw champion, I guess. Even though I think he's on SmackDown, but whatever. They need to do away with that silly stuff. Raw, SmackDown, draft, whatever. Yeah, I know. that. That's that's the only thing that's kind of keeping AEW in the game right now, because otherwise it would be a total domination by, AEW, by WWE, excuse me. But yeah. I don't necessarily have an answer to that question, you know, of LA Knight becoming a, a, a true, well, true I mean, you're, star. I mean, I know you're a fan of his, right? So I am a that. fan of his, but I really was, I started thinking about it today because it, I started thinking, like, the fans are going nuts for him, but right. what has he really done to, like, prove to us that he could carry a match, a big-time match? Maybe uh -oh. they just don't think he could really do that. I don't know, 
you know, so. I mean, I, from the work I've seen him do, he's had pretty good matches. Now, as he, as far as big matches, I mean, he hasn't been in, in that many big matches. It's problem, you know, he, but I'm sure he'll do fine. I think he's a pretty reliable worker. He can work. I, from what I've seen, he can work, so. Yeah, well, he had his fingertips on that briefcase. He even, like, almost clipped it open and before yeah. he got pushed off by somebody. So that was that was cool. But I, I have this feeling, because I saw... A, a tape of him at the house show they did after Money in the Bank, and they let him cut a promo, and he was starting to turn on the fans. He was like, you know, I don't really, I don't need anybody. I've done this all on my own. I don't even need you guys. And the fans kind of groaned. It was like, whoa. I was like, okay. I don't know. I don't know about turning on the fans like that, even as a heel. So maybe I'm, I'm kind of thinking maybe the WWE brass are telling him to do that just so he could stop getting so over because he's kind of ruining their deal they don't maybe they don't want him to, to they don't want to push him they're like dude you gotta you gotta get them to back off How well you know i'm not saying he's on like Dan, brian danielson's level but i remember wasn't there like a thing similar like danielson was getting crazy over and, well yeah because um, of yes 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 that that became like a big giant thing yeah he just was really over for a stretch and they didn't want to push him either they wanted the old guards to, you know, Orton, Batista, whoever, to be the guys. But, you know, eventually they had to kind of give in because, you know. But anyways, maybe it's not the same situation here. But I don't know. I like, I mean, I like LA Knight. And I think he's a great, he's a great personality. Maybe, you know, test it out, I would say. Maybe not right away where he's the, the main man, but, you know, slowly develop it. But, you know, they had him losing every match for a while on SmackDown. I mean, that, that's going the opposite way completely. I mean, I didn't understand that at all. This guy shouldn't be losing like that. Like, you know, yeah. I well, they have a card, but come on. I don't know. I mean, I'm. I think they're gonna give him a little bit of a chance to show what he's got. But I think a lot of people could possibly be enamored with him just because he's a little bit of a throwback to the era that we used to watch. He, he seems like that type of guy. Like, he would fit in, slip him into 98, and he would yeah. be right there, which is a but good those, thing. That's a good thing. He's, those are, that those is are that is a good thing. The better workers. Those are that is, but, but is it just because he's a guy that seems like he could fit into 1998, does that mean he's a top star? You know, like... Yeah. Would you, well, I don't know if he's a top star. I think that's to be decided. And it's also how he... It's also depending on his how he's booked. And what they do with him, it's not all dependent on him. But I think as far as everything that he's done, he, he's, he, I believe he can do it. It just will they give him the material and the opportunity to do it is the question. All right. Let's move along. So the rest of Money in the Bank, we had the women's match, which was on by, won by EO Sky, which we also, all three of us, predicted. That's yeah. fine. I don't have really much else to say about that match. I thought it was, I thought it was good. I thought it was for, good. For those for what those type of matches are, I I would say they're pretty you know, it was pretty good. Well the thing with the you know, Trish and Zoe and Becky, I think is yeah. pretty funny. I think that, that all all that stuff is working out pretty good. I think that whole feud is going well on Raw and everything. We're not really gonna discuss it much. But I don't mind that. Not bad at all. Anyways, and then there was the Bloodline Civil War, which was won clean by the Usos. So Roman put his cousins over Yeah, gave them Win, gave them a nice, a good good match, in a really fun match. Yeah, that was it. Was a good match. That was that was cool. That was really cool too. That was, I mean, it was overall. Those were the only things that I would mention from the show. There was Cody and Dominic, which was what we expected. It was fine. It was good, but you know, it was fine. It was good. I would have liked to see 
I think we discussed it, I think, prior. Not that Dominic to win, but, like, uh, at least for Lesnar to, to help Dominic win indirectly, you know, by just interfering and just, like, costing Cody. I would have liked to see that. Instead of him coming out on Raw and them just having a brawl the next night, why not just have him do it at the at a big-time premium live event, you know? I don't know. That's only... And plus, I think the Judgment Day lose a lot. I think that's another problem that I have. Like, you know, they're, they're supposed to be this, like, top heel faction, but they're constantly getting beat. Uh, to be Except for Rhea. Except for Rhea. Except for Rhea, that's right. That's right. Yeah, but, that, that's true. I mean, they could have done with something there, but they ended up just beating him clean. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it, it doesn't really... Cornette would... Loses, Priest constantly loses. I know he won the money in the bank, but prior to that, he was always losing matches. And... Uh, yeah, and Dominic obviously is always losing big, big matches, big premium live event matches. Yeah, but Cornette would say that Dominic losing never hurts him because he's people just hate him regardless. Okay. So he's not well, not gonna yeah, lose heat. He's not gonna lose his heat. That's for sure. He's got the ultimate heat right now. All right, let's move on. So the next day was uh, not the, not the next day. It was the same day. Collision, which was uh, you were at my house for this. Yes. <laughs> we we we're pretty exhausted after we watched Money in at the Bank. Point, yeah, that's right. Because it was an afternoon show, and then you know now we're watching uh, Collision, which is a, a five o'clock show. So a lot of wrestling without breaks, pretty much. Yeah. So let's move on. We got to quickly talk about that. Uh, MJF had an appearance. He first appearance on Collision. He fought a jobber, beat him, and then he. Uh, they were in Ontario, right? Ontario, Canada, and uh, well, he, I forgot one of the city in Canada. It might not have been. It might have been Ontario. I don't. Yeah, you're right. Honestly, I don't remember what city it was, to be honest, but I think it was somewhere near Ontario, and MJF... whatever Ethan Page is from, because he came out. Exactly, and he cut a decent promo, a serious promo, and uh, they had a match. So it was a decent rub for Ethan Page, kind of out of nowhere. I thought it was yeah. nice, but it was like, in the end, it didn't really matter. Cause they, well, if they not... don't do anything with it, it, it doesn't matter. It was just for, for the show, because he's in Canada, because it's his hometown. It's kind of bullshit, to be honest. But, like, if this guy's capable of that's pretty good work, why have him do the funny funnies and not some serious wrestling angle? I don't know. That's my, I don't want to spend too much time on it because it doesn't deserve it. But, like, what sense does that make? This guy's capable of, I, I think, uh, you know, uh, you know, obviously I'm a big Cornette fan. I think Brian Last is a big proponent of Ethan Page saying that he is capable of so much more. They just refuse to do it. Yeah, I agree. He, he, he clearly is capable of a lot more based on the, just this one promo. Now, yeah, I kind of some there were some criticisms of the promo that they had, but overall, like, I thought he did a pretty good job. So, I don't know. Yep, I mean that's that's decent analysis. We're the Malapert Smarks. We'll tell you if it's good or not. It was good. It was a fine promo. He can speak. He can talk. They just got to come up with something for him. You know, all yeah. these guys. All these guys from the past, all our heroes from the past, you know, Scott Hall and everybody, you know, they, they had some something to work with. These guys don't really have much to work with. So I can't blame Ethan Page for this. I'll blame the booking. I mean, he's working, he's what? He's with the Hardys? I mean, it's, it's just awful. It's awful. Anyways, okay. All right, so he fought MJF and lost, but got a decent rub. He, it was uh, competitive. Uh, the main event was Roderick Strong and Samoa Joe, which the winner to face off against CM Punk. Joe won, and then they did an angle where they, you know, sent Roderick Strong to the hospital with not really yeah. much. Honestly, I wasn't really, I wasn't really into it. And, you it know, was they, okay. it yeah. was okay, it was okay, but, you know, 
the uh, the thing the wrestling pundits, some wrestling pundits would say, is that they've already killed the business so bad with that, doing every single move in the book sure. that, you know, doing an angle where he got sent to the hospital where with nothing really that crazy is like, well, we just saw 10 people go through, like, tables and, you know, stuff like that, yeah. and going off the top rope, doing crazy flips. What is yeah. this? This is fake, obviously. So I, that, I didn't think it really smacked that good, but that's, that's just me. Absolutely true, but that's just a bigger that's a just a bigger overall problem. Yeah, it is. It's it's when someone wants to do something serious on this show, it kind of just doesn't feel serious. Yeah, though, uh, serious, realistic. Like, yeah, technically, if somebody actually drove your head into a steel chair, you might actually have some serious neck problems. But when you see some guys. Uh, I don't even know. Do uh, name name something crazy that somebody's done. Whatever you, you don't even have to name it, but just like think of any AW show where they did some wild stuff, and people just get right back up from it, and then a okay, right? So, but yeah. this is supposed to be the show collision where things more more realistic and more right. you know uh, more logical. But can you you know does it make sense if you have like you're in the same company and then on Wednesday, and then some things from Wednesday are leaking into collision. Yes. So it, is there really a separation? <laughs> there was supposed to be a little bit of a separation, but really I guess it's just somewhere Punk can go to be away from the elite, <laughs> supposedly, I, I guess. And obviously, you know how I feel. I don't think there should be a separation. I think, I think you know, there should be, they should all be one, they should all be on both shows. If there's going to be two shows, they all should be there. But on the other hand, I don't really want to see the elite, so that's fine. I mean, if, if, you know, I don't want to see them twice a week. Once a week is enough. Well, this is the third episode of Collision. I know it was a few days ago, but do you did you are you starting to get kind of tired of it? I mean, it's kind of starting to feel like too much wrestling to me. Two hours yeah. on Wednesday, two hours on Saturday. Not wrestling, but I mean too much AEW wrestling. Like they're not yeah. really even using their time that well. I mean, I don't know what what else was on this show. It was like Powerhouse Hobbs against Dustin Rose. You know, I don't know. It just not a lot of it wasn't really too necessary to watch. So. I mean, am I, yes, I think it's just the fact that there's so much wrestling because tiring, but uh, am I tired of Collision itself? I just want it to be a little bit hotter. I just wanted to be, I wanted it to come out. Now, maybe it's best this way. You know, I'm not like a booker, but, well, neither is Tony Khan, so, you know, so at the same time, so take that however you want. But at, at the same time, I don't know, I just want it to be a little, like the angles to be a little bit hotter. Like, there's not, I mean, I get to, you know, the, the, the what the, I guess the old school guys are going to say, oh, yeah, the work is good. The work is good. Like, even Cornette, the work is good. The work is good. Okay, yeah, the work is good. But if the matches are kind of meaningless, like, who cares? You know, I've always yeah. been that way, too. I don't, I, yeah, the work is good. Yeah, I agree. The work was good. I mean, I just think that they are, as far as, the one thing that wasn't really meaningless is the Joe and Punk thing, because that is an angle that they are building, it looks like. But fine. But everything else in, in that stuff is not really that interesting and that exciting, you know. So, I don't know. I, I, isn't that what these guys have been clamoring for? The Cornette uh, side of, of wrestling pundits is that you you have to have a show where basically most of it's kind of boring so that when something actually good happens, people it registers with people, right? Is that not it is, what it is, basically, or am I kind of oversimplifying? Well, well, when you watch the old territory shows, weekly shows, they were kind of like that. There would be a lot of weeks where, or a lot of segments where nothing really happened. But then there would be like one or two moments within a show, or maybe not even, or maybe just one show, one great moment within like a couple shows where something amazing happens, right? Like something like a hot angle yeah. just pops up out of nowhere. That's how they had to do it because they, that's, you know, so they, 
that they couldn't give it all away in one week. You know, they it was a buildup, so they had to do it that way. I guess I'm just now because I I grew up in the '90s and the way that <laughs> there was how everything was hot for so long. Maybe my brain is you know not wired that way where I can handle this slow build and weekly wrestling. That's good, but nothing interesting happens for months. Possibly, I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could do it. I think you got to start out hot, and then maybe you could cool off a little bit later. Especially when you're a new show and you're trying to introduce this kind of like a sports-based product. You know, sports in you know where it's like actually athletic and what and not or more realistic. I don't know. That's what I was. I've started a little bit hotter than. Yeah, than I agree have. with you. I think it started off too slow, and if you're gonna wait for that one moment where. You know, okay, so nobody stole the show. Everyone did their job in the undercards. Nobody tried to do something that would steal the show. And, yeah. okay, but then there has to be that moment at the end. And, like, I don't feel like we're getting that. We're not getting something that's like, okay, damn, that was so crazy. That made it worth it to watch that whole show, you know? Right. So I, I didn't I didn't get that from this collision. So, it, it, yes. I, anyways, I did get that from two nights later on Raw, which... Uh, where they had uh, Natalia finally face Rhea Ripley, the oh, third. Yeah, that was such so good. finally they faced off, and yes, damn, that was a really great match. I'll I'll give them that. I think they did really good here. And, and Natalia, it made sense because she started off before the bell rang attacking Rhea, so it gave her a little bit of an advantage. Kind of made sense for her to kind of be in the match. Even got her in the sharpshooter, made uh, Rhea crawl all the way to the ropes that was a great moment and they just they didn't really do anything too crazy they didn't have to flip or do anything wild which we just well, we I talked just, about this match oh yeah sorry i'm gonna I'm, you talk first and then i'll just no 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 i mean i'm just kind of gushing over it i mean finally yeah. if there's something if there's something good in wrestling we, we could at least give it some dap right yeah, yeah 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 this was great this was like not just the you know the work but like just the physical the physicality of it it was intense it seemed like a fight, you know, it was kind of an old school match. I would say like, uh, this was great. This was, I was just captivated, you know, and I'm watching raw and, you know, I'm forwarding through most of this stuff because, you know, raw is three hours and a lot of the stuff is not interesting to me. So I always have my hand in the clicker, but when, as soon as this match started, you know, I was into it from the beginning and man, they put on such a great show. It was a great match. The work was amazing. You know, both, both ladies did an amazing job. Yeah, so that's the point I was making about the Collision show. I'm like, okay, so yeah. most of Raw was kind of boring, nothing really yeah. special. It was okay, but this, at least there was something in there that I remember. Something in there that made me remember and go back and go, damn, that was good. So now I'm not so mad about having to watch all that other stuff. Anyways, so uh, unless you have anything to say about that, we got some more no, stuff to I talk mean, about. No, I mean, I think it's, I think as most wrestlers, I mean, People that have seen that match and reviewed it, I mean, uh, they all say the same thing. I mean, that match was just great. And there's not really much left to say. They did an incredible job. Both ladies should be, they should get an applause, you know, for the work they did. I mean, they, it could be a match of the year candidate. It probably won't win match of the year. But I think the way they set it up was nice. The way, because you were kind of mad at the pay-per-view and what was it? And was it the Saudi Arabian pay-per-view where they didn't actually? Yeah, I'm going to say so. Yeah, it was like a it was like a quick match because Rhea kind of hit her before the match, so she just kind of it was a squash. And then they had another one where it didn't even start. Rhea beat her up before the match, couldn't even start it, and everyone's like, "What's going on here?" But I think that whole that whole build up to this match, to the third time they were gonna meet, um, was perfect. 
I think that was really good. I think well, that... Yeah, and, there's, and there's been some stuff like with Natalia questioning, like, if she still got it. Type yeah. Thing. I think it was all pretty good. Yeah, like, this did a lot for both of them. Yeah. I, I, I think it did. Well, I did. I think it did more for Rhea because I think that's who they're pushing. But, man, Natalia can really put people over quite well. I mean, she is a great worker. Uh, hands off to her because, uh, you know, she did a great job. Yeah, I'll take my hands off for her. <laughs> is that what you said? I thought you said hats off or hands off. Anyway. Oh, well, I wanted to say hats off, but probably said hands. Who knows? <laughs> what, what time is it? I probably should be in bed. All right. Well, we only got dynamite left to talk about. so No problem, Let's I'm let's just, just I'm ready let's to just talk. well let's I'll just go through this yeah. real quick. No, no, we don't have to go through in detail. Our our in depth our era of in depth dynamite reviews is over. Honestly, yeah. I'm gonna treat dynamite as just one of these other shows now because you know is is it the B show of the, of AEW or what? I think it's still the A show because it still gets their best ratings. But I think that's true. That's yeah. true. They're still beating but, Collision in the ratings. I think last I saw it was like 800,000 to 600,000, something yeah, like that. Yeah, but the fact that, yeah, I would still say it's the show. Well, what if you put Collision, the Collision show, on Wednesday nights, and you put What's on Dynamite on Saturday nights, then Collision, yeah. I think, would get way more ratings, right? I, I, I think so. I think so. I think it might even hit over a million. You know? Yes, I think, consistently. I think, Consistently, right, exactly, because it seems like the people that are watching uh, Collision, based on so far the ratings that I've seen, like they kind of stay with the show, but the, throughout Dynamite, people that are initially watching, like they leave in droves, you know, so yeah. that seems All right. to be the thing. Well, listen, I'm going to be the first one here to say that I think this blind eliminator tag team draws are rigged. I'm, I'm starting to get this feeling... <laughs> Oh, you think? Because <laughs> right, right when the show starts, they smack us in the face with Keith Lee and Swerve are going to be teaming tonight because of the yeah. blind eliminator draw. I'm like, get out of here, bro. Get the fuck out of here. They already had Adam Cole and Keith yeah. and, and uh, MJF uh, teaming up randomly. And then yeah. Darby and Orange Cassidy get on a team together. They're already a team. Like, they're basically... Yeah, they've already teamed, like... So matches. so it's like what are the okay this should basically be called whoever Tony Khan wants to book in a tag in random tag teams because Correct. that's that's what it is. So Keith Lee and Swerve against Darby Allen and Orange Cassidy opened the show and uh, you know as we expected Keith Lee and Swerve didn't really get along. They hit each other by accident a few times. Uh, Darby I think put in some good work with Keith Lee. I think that could be an interesting feud if they ever really wanted to do something like that. I mean, I think they could work well together in the ring. I don't know about the feud. But uh, Darby Allen was trying to, like, motivate Keith Lee before the match, telling him, hey, you know, I know you don't like Swerve, but do this for yourself. And then he slapped him. So there was some things here. They were trying. I just think the whole blind eliminator draw kind of killed it for me. Because right when the show started, I'm like, man, get out of here. What are the odds of all these people getting drawn together? So I don't know. You got any thoughts about that match? Uh, no, not really. No, <laughs> no. I mean, I forwarded a lot of this match. You know, I don't. I didn't really care about this because uh, Orange Cassidy's involved. Yeah, and I don't really care about Keith Lee or Swerve either. Not that. Not that I like. I hate them or anything, but it just. I, I'm not interested in anything they got going. So yeah, that pretty much. This was a forward match for sure. Okay then. All right. So moving along, uh, MJF and Adam Cole had their work. They were working out together. 
there were cameras there to watch them. And uh, uh, MJF, he uh, saw a fat guy, and he started making fun of him, right? And Adam Cole was like, oh, don't, don't say that, man. That's not funny. And, but then they had a moment where they kind of bonded because they said, oh, you know who he reminds me of? Tony Schiavone. And they both said it at the same time, right? And then Adam Cole had this weird look on his face like, what the hell? <laughs> We're actually kind of sort of hitting it off, you know. So anyways, um, I, I have a thought that I, I think, well, I've heard this bandied around that Adam Cole is going to turn heel. Yeah. And if that happens, I'm going to say this is all this is all cool. But if this is all just a fucking build up to them having another match or like a title match, then I'm going to say this was whatever. So I'm going to have to wait and see where this yeah. is going before I really give a full evaluation. What about you? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the pack. The video package was whatever. It was kind of funny, uh, you know, especially when. MJF was stunned when Adam Cole was lifting weights like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, but they didn't actually show him. Like, yeah, because it so, probably wasn't him. There, it wasn't probably him. They had to have somebody else. Or they the took weight. they took off the weights. Like they didn't show the end of the weights that they were actually all there. You know, so that was a little funky. But like, there's okay. no way this guy could lift whatever the heck he's lifting. Yeah, but anyways, um, I think it's going to lead to a, a match with them and not. Cole turning heel is my guess because he needs Tim Jeff needs people to feud with and I don't think they want to take Adam Cole off the board and have him like join MJF as a I don't know as a group or as just another heel separate to MJF but yeah I think it's going to lead to a match but we'll see I, guess we'll I see. dude I think the way I would book it is MJF just like I, they just become friends they become real yeah. actual friends and Adam Cole becomes like his guy like his best yeah. friend. And he kind of just comes out with them every single match and is there to help him cheat when he has to. That's how I would book it. Just have him, have him be his, not his sidekick, but, you know, his, his, uh, his boy, his friend. And help have him yeah. help him keep the title. I don't know why. I really can't. I don't know if I'd be able to explain why that well. But why is he even hanging out with them right now then? They can't really explain that at all. Like, so I'm kind of feeling like he's going to turn heel. I'm kind of feeling like that's what they're going to do. Because otherwise, why would they fucking be doing this? doesn't make any sense. Anyways. Hey, who knows? <laughs> I'm going to move on. Later on in the show, there was a CM Punk and Samoa Joe package with some yeah. clips from their past. So that's not bad, okay? But that match is going to happen, what, on Collision, I guess? Yeah. yeah. Um, so then they had a backstage where Roderick Strong and was in the back, and he's coming off his injury, but it's not that bad. He's okay, I guess. And then Adam Cole comes in, and Roderick Strong is kind of like thinking something's up with him and MJF. And Adam Cole's like, "No, no, nothing's up. Don't, don't worry. I got this under control." But there's like a thing there, you know what I mean? So, sure. we'll, we'll see how that pans out. So then they had their match: Adam Cole and MJF against the Butcher and Daddy Magic. Okay, finally a random ass tag team. That's what this whole tournament was supposed to be. <laughs> but. Yeah. uh so MJF got Adam Cole to help him cheat on an abdominal stretch. You know, he helped him get some leverage from the ropes, which I thought was a nice, funny little thing. Um, what else? Uh, MJF got the hot tag to Adam Cole later in the match, and he was, like, kind of getting cornered. And um, at that point, uh, Adam Cole never tagged MJF back in, although he, MJF wanted to come back in and do the double clothesline, right? That's what they were talking about. Yeah. But in, instead, it, uh, Adam Cole just got the pin on his own. And then um, after the match, MJF had a birthday cake celebration for Adam Cole. So 
why no one knew it was Adam Cole's birthday. I don't know. Maybe if they said it on the broadcast, I I missed it. But I, I yeah, so that happened, and then uh, Adam Cole accidentally flung MJF into the cake because I guess MJF was kind of snuck up behind him, and he thought this was the part where he was gonna hit him, right? And then he grabbed him and flung him into the cake, and then MJF was still not even mad at that. <laughs> yeah, so- well, I think it was supposed to be like, oh, playful, like, oh yeah, I'm gonna put his head in, like MJF was like, oh, I'm gonna put his head in, like, like watch this guy's, you know, like more like, like as a joke than like he's actually like attacking. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I well, Cole thought he was attacking him, maybe. Yeah, like, Cole thought. Cole yeah. may have thought, but whatever. Yeah. All right. So and they have they a had lot a lot of silliness. Of, there's a lot of silliness, you know. I don't know. How, I don't know how to feel about all this, you know. But we'll see. <laughs> All right, so then they had uh, the women's Owen Hart Cup. Uh, Ruby Soho beat Rick, Britt Baker with help from her friends, the Outcasts. They once again used that le- leverage spot twice yeah. in one night. So that was pretty cool, though, how they were both out outside of the ring. And both uh, Tony Storm and Soraya helped pull on uh, Ruby while she was doing the pinfall. So I thought they did that well. That was a good ending. Uh, I you know I don't really have much to say about the match other than Rick yeah it was, it was it was solid it was it was okay it was nothing, nothing too bad I can't all, say anything bad about it all that came from it is that there will be a new champion of the women's tournament because Britt Baker's out yeah. and she won last yeah. year and I guess she's right. going to keep feuding with the outcasts so that's that's not over yet it's yeah. so it seems and anyways we had our main event it was Kenny Omega versus Wheeler Yuta so. They gave these guys the last. Called him use- you almost called him useless, but it's- uh, well, I don't think he's useless. I don't. I don't think he's that bad. I just think he's not used well. You know, well, I think he's not. You well, boy, oh boy. Where else would he be used in a main event of a show? If that's not, what I'm saying. You know, he shouldn't be the main event. That's, uh, that's not using you. him well. Dude. I got you. I, got you. <laughs> I think he'd be fine if he was just like, you know. On Ring of Honor, doing the pure title or at right. the undercards or something, you know, I don't, I don't know. So I didn't, yeah, this this match didn't really grab me at all. Once so they said, hey, here's a headline tonight uh, outside of the stadium, it goes Kenny Omega versus Wheeler Yuta. I'm like, I'm not buying a ticket to see. Yeah, no, that, of course, you know? of course, of course. I was very not upset, but like kind of underwhelmed when I saw that this was the main event of the, of the night. But I mean, they are in that feud together. Their stables are feuding. They're sure. on their way to a match at Blood and Guts. So yeah. they had a match. Um, Callis, let's go to the interference. Callis interfe- Don Callis comes in. He hates Kenny Omega for some unknown reason still that we don't know yet. Um, no, it doesn't make any sense still. But, uh, no, no, it's well, I, I guess he just did a lot for him, and he didn't feel like he got enough in return. It's what I gather. <laughs> but it's still... Well, yeah, you have to gather yourself because he can't explain it. <laughs> yes, that's what I gather. That's as much as I could gather from this. Anyway, yeah. so he distracts the referee, and then Takeshita interferes from the back. But even with interference, Omega still overcomes and wins clean. So it was mm-hmm. kind of dumb for that. I, I don't know. I don't know about having the heels interfere and then not even... that. The, it doesn't even work. Like, why would you let him take the pinfall then? be at ringside and you know when nwo never let their boys take the pinfall we're back on the show we're uh we had some technical difficulties but yes we were on the main event uh right when uh wheeler yuda took the pinfall and how i was saying that you know a real heel stable will never let their boy take a pinfall like that 
And they're, they're all just hanging around the side, just watching them take a fucking one-winged angel and get pinned. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so the aftermath... Well, if you're going to attack the guy after the match anyways, why not attack him as he's about to win the match, right? So that's a good point. Yeah, if you're going to lose, lose by DQ. Don't get pinned clean. Come on. <laughs> I gotta teach these guys. We gotta we gotta teach these guys how to wrestle, bro. What are you? How long have you been wrestling? Yeah, what the heck? How long? Uh, you guys got? You guys had to be real heels. Yeah, bro. Don't take a clean pinfall, jackass. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so here's some weird here's weird stuff after the match too. So after their boy lost, Claudio and Takeshita get in to beat down Kenny. Right, so they're yeah. beating him down. I can't. I couldn't count how long for a little while. And then here comes the elite. Yeah. And and uh, Hangman Page, who's in the elite yeah. now. So what the hell were they doing backstage? Again, these guys like Wild Callus and everybody's coming out to fuck with this match, and they're doing what? They're just like shooting. Maybe they were shooting being the elite, and that's more important than helping their boy. So I don't know. Another logical error that I thought was kind of screwed up. Bro, I don't know. I couldn't tell you what they're. What they're? Yes, you're absolutely. You're definitely right. There's a lot of logical stuff going on in AWL ten, but this is a good. This is a good point. So they came out and helped. Where the hell were they? And then yeah. when they're gonna, the Adam Page was gonna hit Claudio with a steel chair, and then Dark Order comes out, oh, <laughs> and they stop him. And I'm like, ugh. Why are these guys even involved in this angle at the end of the show? At the very last second, here comes yeah. Dark Order, like there's somebody important. So, exactly. yikes. Yikes to this whole show, pretty much. Okay, I mean, here's some here's some stuff that I didn't even mention. Yeah. Acclaimed against some jobbers from India or something. Uh, yeah. Moxley wants Kingston to call him back. <laughs> uh, Matt Hardy and Jeff Jarrett. Not not Jeff Hardy because they were like, oh, you've been drawn with Jeff. It's like, oh, cool, Jeff Jarrett. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then Don Callis offers Jericho to join his stable. I guess well, that, that means. Was, I guess, yeah, I think that one was worth mentioning, but I, but yeah, yes. I don't even think of. that's worth mentioning. I don't really even. But I don't even care about that. I thought it was an awful segment. The whole thing from Jericho's promo to mm. just at the end, he's like, join our stable, and Jericho yeah, goes, maybe. I mean, I don't know. Why is Jericho all of a sudden like the nice face guy? Like he doesn't even know where what he is or where he is or what he's doing it anymore. Is he a face? Is he? He doesn't know, man. Anyways, yeah, it was good point because it's like, what the hell is uh, what the hell are they go is going on with him? I mean, it's, it yeah. hasn't been good for a long while. The whole JAS well, is kind of stupid. They might be dissolving it soon because he oh, he had well, a yeah. little segment with uh, Daniel Garcia telling him, hey, you guys. You guys got to start flying on your own, man. You know, yeah. I can't be here forever. You told your hands, which fucking made them look stupid as fuck. But, the <laughs> but okay, they've always looked a little stupid, so okay, whatever. Yeah. Anyways. Wakes up and he looks stupid, so we, we don't stupid. Uh, We don't have to give grades anymore for these shows, man. I know we I'll used to give it a grade. It's a D. <laughs> it's a D. I have to give it a grade. It's it's slightly better than last week's show, which was an abomination that should have been, you know, put in the toilet. This is just a bit better than last week's show. Oh god, there was so much that I skipped over. I didn't even really care much to. So this this was last week's. I gave a D minus. This was a D. You could go back and forth on the crappy <laughs> of each of those uh, shows, and if you want to debate that this one was worse than last week's, that's fine. But no, I think this one, this week's was better overall, but but again, it's 
it's marginal at best, and then the day the shows are pretty goddamn off. I mean, the only yeah. thing worth watching from this show was, uh, I mean, what was even worth watching? Let me see. Uh, oh, MJF and Adam Cole. I right. guess that's the only segment that I would show someone. I'd be like, okay, this is part of a major storyline. Other than that, well, yeah. The one thing I did want to bring up, and I think is, you know, to kind of play both, you know, like to be even, you know, because is, yes, Dynamite is really bad, but is Collision actually a better show, or is it also pretty bad? I think that, that also warrants uh, <laughs> some discussion, because it's like, right, it's comp- like, you know, like two different wrestling shows. Yeah, they're, they're competing yeah, with each other. They're kind of in competing a way. with each other in a way, because, you know, one is more supposed to be kind of based on some realism, even though they kind of trickle in some of that stuff from Dynamite into Collision. But, you know, and then Dynamite is like the wacky friends wrestling, Dark Order, Elite, Moxley, just doing insane stuff throughout the throughout the night, right? So I don't know. I mean, it's it's like... Well, if you could ask me um, which show I could I guess, watch... Yeah, which show would you prefer to watch? Yeah, like if I had to only watch one show, if you put a gun to my head and said, look, you can only choose one. Yeah. Based on the last three weeks, I think I would choose Dynamite because... Dynamite is more, it's more of a train wreck, it's more random, it's more exciting, yeah, that's and, true. A, and Collision really hasn't had the payoff that they're kind of been promising. I mean, it's more it's more realism, more yeah. serious, the commentators are better, but they oh, haven't, sure. in that case, if you're going to have, like, a realistic, like, mostly kind of normal wrestling show, there needs to be, a, like, we discussed this earlier, there needs to yeah. be a payoff, and there hasn't been one, and I don't know if this whole thing with Punk I don't know where they're going with this. Doesn't I don't see anything on the horizon that I'm interested in. So right. I would choose Dynamite just mostly because of the car crash nature of it. But uh, yeah, I think as far as I, I, I mean, I see your point because there's more to discuss with Dynamite because it's so outrageous sometimes and so insane that like it warrants more of a discussion. Where Collision, what, yeah, sure, some of the stuff is solid, but what more can you say about it? Like nothing exciting is happening there. So it's yeah, like, like yeah, sure. But okay, and you know, like there's, there's nothing really to discuss there. I don't, I don't think, you know, at least yeah. I, I'm, that's my opinion. Like, but I think that's the problem that I've always had with what they call territory wrestling and their weekly shows. Like, yeah, I understand what the point, how they did it before, but it's gonna be hard to kind of implement that into today's modern world. Of yeah, wrestling. people people don't really have the attention span. There's got to be a little bit of a faster pace to it. Yeah. For yeah. and I yeah, I think it, there needs to be a little bit more. I'm not saying make it like insane like yeah. a, like dynamite, but there needs to need to give us a little bit more excitement, you know, I can't. So but okay. Listen, I was worried if we would really get any discussion today this week. That's why I kind of introduced that uh past discussion oh, about started. How we started watching, but I, I yeah. think we got some decent, you know, wrestling debate going on here today. I think it was a good show. I mean, we didn't have our clips to fall back on, but uh, you want to give a grade for Dynamite? You want to give any grade? I mean, I'm with you. It was pretty much like a D plus, D plus, uh, maybe. D plus. I don't know. Yeah, D plus. I mean, some of the stuff in the beginning with Darby and and uh, Keith Lee, I didn't hate as much as you. Um, and, you know, Keith Lee and Str- Swerve Strickland. I don't know. I think they're going to have a feud, which is, I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't love it, but I think it's okay. I think, having a feud. <laughs> they can, no, 
No, I mean they're gonna have a match. They need to have a big oh, final final battle. You know what oh, I mean? Okay, I, okay. I think they can do a good match together. So yeah, that was that was fine to me. Um, yeah, other than that, it was just MJF and Adam Cole, and I don't know, other the rest of it was really nothing. Just a bunch of fluff. Yeah. So, I mean, Jungle yeah, Boy, he, Jungle Boy had a segment with Hook, but I think oh, it was pre-taped. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it was a pre-tape where he got out and then jumped right back into the. Car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they probably did that last week when they were doing the other stuff. Yeah, with the, I think so. The same, I think they filmed that all on the same day for sure. It looked yeah. Like it. So, yeah, I mean, I don't really count that as part of anything positive on this show. But, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know. I don't know. What do, what do we have to look forward to right now? Is there anything on AW that you, we have to look forward to? No. We're, wait, we're waiting. We're kind of waiting. We're waiting for something here. Well, so. well I'm, ho- I'm hopeful something interesting happens on Collision. Right now, I would say the show... Oh, Joe. Been... Joe and Punk, right? That's what oh, we have to look forward to. Be... Well, yeah, it's going to be good. But I think the shows have been mostly like somewhere between like a B minus to C's for Collision. I haven't really, you know, there've been three shows. Oh, I see. Like I said, for the reasons that we've discussed, like nothing really interesting or exciting happens there. It's just like yeah, some of the work is good, something you know, and but that's about it. So you know, I want to be fair, not just that I'm only criticizing Dynamite. I criticize both their shows for different reasons, and you know, that's pretty much it. You know, I. I, I just want to be fair, you know, like, I don't want people to think that, you know, well, oh, Vlad's clearly on Team Punk, you know, he's a Cornette fan, he's obviously going to be a Collision supporter because, well, yes, yes and no. Yes, I, I am more of a Punk fan and a, a Cornette supporter and, and whatever have you, but I'm going to be fair. Yeah, Collision hasn't been, you know, that great either, so we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see right. how it goes. Yeah, I'm with you, bro. I mean, we're not with, we're not with Cornette on this. We're Cornette fans... For the most part, but I think well, he's. I, well, I even think Cornell would say that nothing amazing is happening. I don't. I don't. Th- I, you know. I don't. I mean. I, don't, I mean. He. Yeah. I, he I think have... he's been kind of cornered into a box where he has to praise these shows because they kind of give him what he wants. You know, there's nothing really stupid, and they've got regular commentators, and it's like, okay, what? Can, what can Cornette say bad about this? It's like this is what you've been wanting this whole time, right? Yeah, but in that case, what what bad can you say about like stuff like Raw, where they don't give you anything at all either? You know, like, you know, like yeah, they give this the work is solid, and that's pretty much Raw it. is the most rated, the highest rated wrestling show in the country. Isn't I it? SmackDown was the highest rated. Is it? Oh, you're right, SmackDown because it's on Fox. But before it was on Fox, Raw yeah, would be well, the highest. Yeah, it was uh, Raw was always the number one show up until I think it moved to uh, SmackDown moved to Fox. I I think that's right. All right. Well, on that note, Vlad, let's uh, let's call it a show. Let's wrap it up. At least we we got the job done. Episode we sixteen, did. man. One day we're we gonna did. be like we're gonna be at our episode one thousand, and we're gonna have oh a big God. celebration. I can't believe we've done sixteen shows. I can't believe we've discussed AW or not just AW, but wrestling in general for sixteen. I never thought that I'd be doing a wrestling podcast <laughs> probably like five years ago that we'd be doing a wrestling podcast i would have laughed in your face like no yeah. way, I, I think that's passed me by but yeah here we are talking you have about you have too much knowledge vlad not to share it with the people too I much have some, i have some knowledge you know there's you're the wrestling there. expert man oh you're well, the wrestling well, expert I, I i try my best i try my best putting you over vlad putting you over all right man let's call it a night i'm going all to right. bed yeah, it's late. Good. I'm tired. I had a long day. It was really busy at work. It was actually pretty hard. Like that's where I watch a lot of my wrestling. What in between when yeah. there's not not much to do. But today there was a lot to do. So I'm like a lot to do. Yeah. I'm like dead tired. See, every time I do these shows, I could barely open my eyes. But 
We got it done. All right, man. Good show. Thank you for coming on. Till the next week. Yeah, Hopefully man. we'll Take see care. you again. All right, dude. See later. You. Later.